Covenant Fellowship. What an honor to be here. Excuse me. Kids, you are dismissed. (laughs) What an honor to be here. This is just the most loving family. And we're just so honored to be here to share this time with you. As he said, my name is Dawn Atkins. I'm the founder of a ministry by the name of Radical Restoration Ministries. Um, I'm going to share with you how that ministry was founded, but we are a discipleship home for women coming out of dysfunctional lives, whether it be out of incarceration, out of addiction, aging out of foster care, coming out of human trafficking, whatever it is, it's a safe place for broken women to come in and get healed, to find their identity in Jesus Christ. My favorite word in the English language besides Jesus is resurrection. I know a little bit about it. I'm going to share with you today. First of all, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. We study out of the New King James Translation and all the different translations, but This particular subject in the Passion Translation rocks me to my core. And my prayer today is that it rock you to your core. So, Father, I just pray for the Holy Ghost to have his way in this place today. Father, for your spirit, for your glory to fall in this place. God, as I share the incredible resurrection that you've done in my life, I pray that it go forth, God, that spirit of prophecy, the testimony, God, touch those, God, that need, that resurrection power woken up on the inside of them today. Father, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that you don't look on our ability, but our availability. And God, I give it all to you today. I make myself available for you today, God. I I pray that you speak through me into the lives of my brothers and sisters today, Jesus. Father, I pray a blessing over this church today. Let your Holy Spirit reign, that you be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I'm going to be reading, um, I'm going to start in Romans 6, um, starting at chap, uh, in verse 4, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion It says, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we are co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his in the new life that it imparts. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the strong arm of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. Come on, man. Do you realize you have the same power living on the inside of you that raised Christ Jesus from the dead? Man, that makes me want to run all over this place. I can't hold it in. I want to be contagious. I want to go to Walmart and say, hey, girl, you can let go of the heroin. You can be raised from the dead. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus, what he did for you. This rocks me to my core. I can't hold it in. I'm shaking like this over there worshiping because I have a message and I want everybody to know it. He gave his life for me to have life. He gave his life for you to have life. And anything that stands between you and that new life, let's get rid of it today. Let's bury it today. Let's be resurrected today. I want to show you all a picture of what resurrection looks like. That's me. 
Y'all, I was, am a 46-time felon. That's the old girl. That's what Jesus can do in a life. My testimony leaves no room for justification. I grew up as a little girl with learning disabilities. I was autistic as all get out, mean as a snake, bust you in your mouth, just assume to look at you. Dyslexic, ADHD. I had all these labels that the world had given me. And so guess what I became? I was told, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl. Guess what I became? A real bad girl. I couldn't get good attention, so I got bad attention. I had no fear of anything. By the age of 13, 14 years old, I was breaking into cars and robbing people and running around with a 9 millimeter like it wasn't nothing to it. Ended up in and out of the streets, selling my body from my next to a crack, eating out of dumpsters, prostituting, living in trap houses, being sold, sold out for the enemy. Because I had all these labels that I was never going to be anything. And in 2005, I got arrested for the last time, 46 felonies later. I get arrested and I get taken to prison, so angry, love to fight. I don't know any of y'all, I, I was born fighting, love to fight, love it, still love it, just on the right team now. <laughs> love it, there's a fight on the inside of me that God put on there, he made me that way. I was just on the wrong team. Sitting in solitary confinement in a straitjacket, hopeless. Been in and out of mental institutions my entire life on a bunch of psychotropic medications. Told, oh, you got this and you got that. And I got, I didn't have anything but a drug addiction and a whole lot of demons that I needed to get rid of. 16 different drug rehabs. I did 12 steps upside down, backwards and sideways. A-A-N-A-C-A-G-A. I did all that. All them. Every time I get to jail, I go say a little salvation prayer. Jesus, please come into my heart. But as soon as that gate opened, I was back picking up that Glock, hitting the streets and robbing and stealing and doing. Well, I, the only thing I knew to do to survive was to fight for my life. But I'm going to tell you something. On December the 1st, 2005, sitting in a straight jacket in solitary confinement, I was angry at God. I've been stabbed eight times. I've been shot twice. I was no joke out there in those streets. And you know what? He kept resurrecting me, resurrecting me, resurrecting me. I'm like, man, why don't you just let me go? Just let me die. I was on a suicide triathlon doing drugs and anything I could possibly do just to somebody take me out of here. Let me just die. I felt hopeless. I had been told my whole life, you've got a disease of addiction and you're always going to have it and you're going to have to take this step and that step. And I wasn't real good at doing all them steps and stuff. I just couldn't keep up with it. So I told God, sitting in a straitjacket and confinement, I'm like, you know, if you really love me, why am I so mean? Why am I always in solitary confinement? Why am I always in a straitjacket or in a mental institution? I get arrested and they put me in this chair with a net over my head and tie me up because I was coming at them. Why, God? Why, God? Why, why, why? Why won't you really save me? I had been told if I say this little prayer, everything was going to be okay. It wasn't okay. I said the prayer over and over and over and over again. And I, could, I didn't know how to change. Man, I was angry. All of a sudden, I'm crying out, 41 years old, in solitary confinement in a straitjacket. And I'm like, why don't you just let me die? And I heard those voices speak to me. He said, because you're valuable. I put you in a safety deposit box. Whoa! Shift my whole entire life. Shifted that day. I didn't get it up here. I got it in here. I got hit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. He said, you're valuable to me. And I put you in a safety deposit box. And I cried out. I said, God, I want everything it's going to take not to ever prostitute again, not to ever do another drug. Y'all, I had a needle in my arm for 26 years. I couldn't go 15 minutes without doing something to try to medicate the pain and the shame and the issues that I carried around, the dead people I carried on my back. 
But that day I got hit by the power, by the fire of the Holy Ghost. It came in and felt like somebody poured hot oil all over me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I started praying in tongues and I didn't even believe in it. I shot shaking under the power of God. I didn't even believe in all that. And God hit me and it's never gone out, y'all. I am so excited because that was my resurrection day. And I'm saying, God, what do you say about addiction? I don't want to go back to that. But I knew that one encounter, I knew that encounter that day in my life was never going to be the same. You couldn't tell me because I knew in my spirit, in my heart that I was different. I got hit by pure fire. If you never had it, seek it. Seek it. Ain't nothing like it. An encounter with the power of God will change you forever. I banged on that, kicked on that door, and they got me out of a straitjacket. And um, I asked my chaplain, she come by, and I was in there praying in the spirit. She said, now this is different. Because <laughs> I was the least likely to succeed, I promise you that. And she came by and she began to speak into my life. And I said, I need a Bible I can understand. They knew I had really um, pretty intense learning disabilities. I had probably a third grade level in math. And I mean, I just really struggled with um, the ability to focus and to learn. And she gave me a New King James study Bible. Man, I got that thing. And I started eating it up. I started tearing it up. And I'm going to tell you something. When I came across these scriptures right here, it changed me, I thought. You mean I got to take 12 steps? It's one when I realized that Jesus gave his life and everything I needed to be set free was already done. I said, this is stupid. I've been crying out and praying to God, take me through this step and take me through this step. It's not 12, it's one. And it's all in. It's all in. It's giving it all to him. And I told him that day, I started reading about the bond slaves and stuff like that. And I said, I want to be a bond slave. I want to be a bond slave, God. I give it all to you, Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my life. Just keep me shaking under this power. And me and you, we can do great things together. I know it because I have no fear. I don't care what people think about me. (laughs) I really don't care what people think about me. Because it's all about him. As long as we keep it all about him, that's all that matters. I said, God, I've always been radical. I've always been a fighter. And I know I'm turning my Glock in and I'm picking up a sword. I said, God, I'm going to pray over my mind. And God, if you give me the ability to understand what this thing says, I'm going to tell everybody. And I haven't quit yet. (laughs) I love it. I love sharing the word of God because it's transformed my life. God gave me the supernatural ability to be able to learn who he says I am. Y'all, he spoke to me when I was in solitary confinement. This might offend some of y'all. He told me I'm his favorite. (laughs) There you go. Because he knew until I felt in my spirit that I was his favorite, that I would never carry myself or walk into my true God-given identity as who he called Dawn to be. He told me I was his favorite, and I began thinking, and I said, you know, God, I've never been anybody's favorite. I've never been anybody's favorite. I've never been valuable until now. And he began to show me me dancing with him as a little girl. And, man, it healed me. I went through a lot of uh, sexual abuse and emotional abuse and physical abuse as a child. And I carried all that weight and I had a bunch of bitterness and unforgiveness. And as I, I would close my eyes and I would see myself dancing with my heavenly father, it wasn't long before I saw myself as the bride of Christ. It was when I began to walk and and start living in a place of devotional diligence where I began to make him my everything in every way every day where he began to come in and cleanse me and purify my heart and teach me what he said about me, and it changed everything. It just wrecked my life. The more my chaplain would come by and pray for me and look at me, and she looked to see who I was going to do. She said, girl, God has got an anointing. You have an anointing on your life. And she said, you know what? When you get out of here, I'm going to put you on the front of my praise team. I said, Chaplain Liburd, I can't sing. 
I said, no, I don't want to get up there because I don't have any teeth. Y'all, my teeth had been knocked out. And she said, it's not about you. <laughs> she said, God has put a breaker anointing on you. And it's a breaker anointing that's going to break chains. It's going to set the captives free. It's the anointing on your life. And he doesn't care if you'll get up there with no teeth. What you going to do when he does bless you to get teeth? And I said, okay, thank you, Jesus. I got out. She put me on the front of the praise team. And man, she was a powerful, powerful woman of God. Um, I have a passion for deliverance. I have a passion for resurrection. And man, she was one for me. Boy, they was going down, crawling around, spitting, screaming, getting delivered. And she taught me just what that meant. Her passion was resurrection power. She was the chaplain in the prison I was in for 18 years. And man, if you just knew the lives that she had changed and what a mother she was for me in that prison. And, um, it was amazing. It was amazing. (laughs) Anyway, while I was in there, I I began to tell her, I said, you know, Chapel and Robert, I've been asking God, what are you going to do with my life? I'm 41 years old. And, um, the only thing I'm really good at is getting in trouble. And, um, and I said, so what are we going to do? And God began to show me that, um, that passion and that fight on the inside of me, he put it on the inside of there. And, um, he began to show me scriptures like the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. <laughs> That's my scripture. <laughs> my, my life scripture is, um, I'm going after it. Mm-hmm. I love the darkness because I know that the kingdom on the inside of me is for the kingdom of darkness. I'm not scared to go back where I came from. It's what I'm created for. It's what I'm created for. I'm created for prisons. I'm created for the streets. I'm created for the trap houses. I'm created. I'll go kick doors in and go preach the gospel in the middle of a trap house I used to live in. I'm not scared of that because I'm not that girl because that girl died and she was resurrected and she has been filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to run in reckless abandon for the things of God and the rebellious nation that I came from. It's not changing my people, my places, and my playthings. It's going and dying and being resurrected for that purpose right there. God began to teach uh, teach me out of Ezekiel. It started in like Ezekiel 128 and um, chapter 2 about going back to my rebellious nation to teach and preach his word. On one side, I had these people that were stuck in this thing. as girl, you can't ever go back there. And I'm like, why not? Why not? I don't have an addiction to crack anymore. Those people need what I have. And I am excited about going back. God began to speak to me about those are the very places he was going to send me. Back to the strip clubs I worked in. Back to the streets I walked. Back to the drug dealers that used to sell me drugs. Who better to go and witness and evangelize to these people than somebody whose life has been changed? And I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. And God began to give me a vision for um, to have homes for women like myself. I could go get incarcerated. I told you I'm a 46-time felon. I spent most of my life in and out of prison and in and out of different jails and different counties. And um, and I said, you know, God, I, I could do it in here, but I have nowhere to go that's safe. I didn't know any Christian people. <laughs> we didn't have many of those where I came from. I didn't know how to turn on a computer. I didn't do that in prostitution. (laughs) You know, I didn't know anything about real life. Like my husband shared last night, he was raised by the state, but I was raised in trap houses. I was raised in addiction. I had no communication skills. I had had nothing. I didn't know anything about a spirit of excellence. I had never experienced a, a spirit of excellence. So I was desperate for God to teach me what it really meant to be a woman of God. And I didn't know people outside of prison that could teach me that other than my chaplain. I really didn't have those people. And so in prison, God began to show me exactly what he wanted his ministry to be like. He showed me that I would have a house for women like myself and it would be his house and it would be led by his Holy Spirit. And we would believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that we wouldn't walk around looking where like where we came from. You can tell when somebody has residue of their old life. We don't believe in residue in our house. 
We believe in getting in the floor and praying till we get our breakthrough and let the power. I love this word right here. It's everything I believe. I, I, I took pictures of it and wrote it down. I want to make me a big sign in my house. This word right here is what I am. This is who I believe. This rocks me to my core because everything not like him leaves. When you get in his presence, things have to change. When you get in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, things change. When you get full of the fire, things burn off of you. And man, I'm so excited about it. Can you tell? I'm excited about it. So excited. Just want to be contagious. Whew. And um, so anyway, God began to give me a revelation of what he wanted the house to be like. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. I had three kids that I had neglected because of my drug addiction. I had burnt every bridge. I had robbed my parents and just everybody. I had burned every bridge. I had absolutely not one person that I could call or connect with because I had done so many horrible things in my past. And so while I was in prison, I really had to work on um, praying and asking God to heal me. I was my biggest person in prison. And asking God to show me how he sees me so that I could see myself the way he sees me. And not the way that I had always let shame and that fear control cycle show me who I was. Um, I had neglected my children and I had a lot of tormenting thoughts um, from what drug addiction did or what I allowed drug addiction to do in my life and, and the neglect I did with my children. But I was very blessed that my kids' grandparents stepped up to the plate and took care of them. But that was probably one of the hardest struggles that I had in there was overcoming um, those feelings of neglect and failure that I had from um, doing that. And I just started to pray and ask God. I said, you know, I, I pray that you show me how to forgive myself. And Jesus showed me that when he shed his blood on the cross, he didn't do it just for my sins to be forgiven, but for me to be set free. I got a hold of that scripture says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And boy, I was after it. I was like, God, anything in me that's not indeed, get it. I'm, I'm after it. Get it. Get it, God. Get it out. Whatever it is, insecurity, all that rejection and abandonment, the things I had experienced in the streets. I'm going to tell you something. I went through enough, and I'm not going to go through all the things of the devil and I went through. But all the things that I went through, I could have been pitiful for the rest of my life. But God began to show me. He said, you know what, Don? Every day that you wake up, you have a choice whether to be pitiful or powerful. The choice is yours. I'll just be honest with you. I moved to Texas. We moved to Texas in January to start this ministry. And by March, I got a phone call that I had to go back to Florida because my grandmother was sick. And since March, I've had five deaths in my immediate family. My mother, my nephew, my grandmother. It's just been one right after the other. And even through that, I have a choice. Am I going to be pitiful? Am I going to get in this pit and hang pictures? Or I'm going to keep walking in resurrection power because I know that I've led those family members to Jesus. I know where they are. They're better off than I am. My little mama's got perfect lungs. Praise God. She's dancing with Jesus. I told her all about it. Prayed in the spirit as he came and got her. What an honor. Do I want to be pitiful or do I want to be power? Yeah, I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to tell somebody else about Jesus so they can go and join them one day. God began to give me that download of what the ministry was going to look like. And I gave him every excuse in the book of why I couldn't do it. I said, but God, but if you'll begin to heal my relationships, you know, the relationship with my mom, the relationship with my dad, with my children, you know, God, I know I can't go back to Daytona Beach, Florida. That's where I'd been in my addiction. I said, but if you'll open the door for me to have a safe place to go so that I can continue to build a strong foundation outside of incarceration, that's what I want to do, God. And before you know it, I get a letter from my mom, and she said, call me every Tuesday. And we begin to, um, he began to restore that relationship with my mom. My mom knew I was different. <laughs> I wasn't saying, well, how much money can you send me? I was saying, you know what, Mom, I am so content. I have so much joy. Solitary confinement was the best thing that ever happened to me, Mom. She knew I was different. <laughs> she knew I was different. I was telling her about the love of Jesus, and I was praying for her. You know, and my mom said, well, when you get out, I want you to come home. I want you to come to Tallahassee. And I said, yes, ma'am. I got out of prison in 2007 with a made-up mind and a do-right heart. 
I got out and uh, went home to my parents and God restored that relationship and God restored my relationship with my three beautiful children. Now I've got five beautiful grandchildren and I'm telling you what, they are something else. They are something else. Grandchildren are something else. Love my kids, but boy, your grandkids, something about it. <laughs> and when you see yourself and your grandkids, you say like, oh, I'll pay back. <laughs> you better get paid back for what <laughs> But um, nine months out of prison, God opened the door for me to start our first ministry, Radical Restoration Ministries. And, y'all, they told me I needed a 501c3 and a board of directors, and I didn't know what that was. I had no clue. I didn't know how to turn on a computer. But what I did know was Philippians 4.13 told me I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I began to pray and ask God to bring Christian people around me. I got out of prison, and I ran up in a church, and I didn't know anything anything about denomination, nothing. I learned this right here. This is all I knew when I came out of prison. So I ran up in a church that was not excited about me being set free from a 26-year addiction to prostitution and drug addiction. And I ran up there and I said, Jesus set me free from 26 years of prostitution. And they escorted me out and they said, you are in the wrong place, young lady. But if you'll go down the street, so many, they said, they will probably take you there. I said, okay. <laughs> and so I walked about a mile and a half the other direction. And I walked into a Holy Ghost filled church. And the pastor had just started teaching challenges. And he said, come on in. You're at the right place. God gave me a bonus family. That's what I call it. And they, they circled and circled me. And they told me oh, what I was walking in wasn't weird. It was good. <laughs> and, um, and they began to show me how to get what was in here up here. And um, to start help me. And um, they... They had a Bible college, and I um, I said, the Lord really put it on my heart. He said, I want you to go back to school and go to Bible college. And I thought, oh, God, I couldn't even get through fifth grade. Come on. And um, I really had a desire to want to learn the word and apply the word to people's lives to see true healing. Because I knew that this word right here transformed my life. My favorite scripture in the Passion Translation is Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 this is what it says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too this is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power honor and authority yes feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not the distractions of the natural realm Salah. <laughs> And when I began to read those promises, when I began to read those things from God, those promises from God, I believed in what he said about me and what I could do and what he wanted to accomplish through my life. And I went to Bible college at 41 years old, sitting with all these youngsters. And I thought, Jesus, you're going to have to give me the ability to do this. And he did sitting in class and I was learning about theology and the maps and the roads and the things that Paul did and, and following all these things. And y'all, I ended up getting a PhD in theology and a master's degree in biblical counseling. I didn't know. Well, glory to God, because without that resurrection power living inside of me, that never would have happened. I never would have had an interest. I never would have had a hunger to want to know and to want to use his word to help other people to get set free. About nine months out of prison, I started our first home. I had three girls. Those three girls, two of them are doing amazing. One of them now um, is a uh, principal of an elementary school. <laughs> yeah, they're doing good. And one of them owns an assisted living um, facility. And if you know anything about that, we're all felons, and we have no business doing either one of those jobs. And then one of those girls overdosed and died. But God, since we opened that ministry, actually, we had our 11th birthday this past week. God has used this ministry to set the captives free. We have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women um, set free. We've started eight homes. We have a home in Indiana. We have a home in Florida. We have a home in Texas. We have a ministry in Alabama. That's God. 
That's what Jesus can do with somebody with a 500-year prison sentence and a 46-time villain. <laughs> because when he's in it, when he's the forefront of it, when it's all about him, when it's his, he's perfect. He's perfect. All we have to do is be teachable, is to be open, to be led by the Spirit of God. To ask him, teach me prophetically how to speak into the lives of these women. Show me the places where they're hurt and let me speak your love. Let me speak life, resurrection into their lives. I don't care what kind of label they got. You can come to me with all kinds of demons. I love, I love to see demons go. I'm passionate about it. That's where my fight is. Hitting the streets, talking to a prostitute, sharing to her where God has brought me from to release hope into her life so that she can be set free. And we want to, I want to share a little bit um, today. I want the ladies to come up and share a little bit. Um, God has blessed us and we are running out of room. Um, a guy who's really told me that um, I don't want to be big. I want to be effective. I'm not about numbers. I'm about souls. I'm about transformation. I'm about seeing fruit. I love fruit that remains. I'm not going to let my girls go get a job till I see they've had an encounter. Because if so, they're just going to fall flat on their face. It's that encounter. It's that place where the Holy Spirit comes in and changes everything about you. There's a shift. It's when your identity has changed. It's when he becomes your everything in every way, every day. It's where you start walking knowing you're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You're no longer a daisy-picked Christian. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. That's what I call it in my house. You're picking daisies. But you know, we, I think we all walk in that until we really have that encounter with love. But you know what? When you really encounter love, you can't, you, nothing, there's no demon in hell that can tell you that you're not loved by the Father. Because one encounter with love changes everything in you and about you. I just want to take off running around the room. I might. Don't put it past me. So I want to invite these girls up um, to share a little bit of their resurrection story and um, just talk about what the goodness of God has done in their life. Um, like I said, in January, um, come here, Teresa, I'm going to talk about Teresa first. Um, in January, uh, Jesus put it on our heart, uh, my husband and I's heart, to um, open a house in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, three years ago, we had some attorneys who had seen uh, 700 Club had done a story on our program and uh, put it on TV. And these attorneys in Texas saw that program and called me and said, we'd like to fly to your house and um, see what's going on there. And I said, okay, come on in. Uh, they had just come out of Catholicism and were brand new babies in Jesus. And they came to our house and we took them to church. And y'all, they got filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and they've never been the same. And um, and they, they came to our house and they experienced Holy Spirit. They experienced that resurrection power. They got to experience what God was doing. And they said, we want a house like this in Georgetown. Well, I'm a beach girl. I am from Florida. I love the beach. I was like, oh, I don't think Jesus is telling me that at all. But if he does, I'll be there. <laughs> and so two years later, <laughs> two and a half years later, Jesus told us to go to Georgetown. And so we went and um, and started looking around. And I said, you know, this is pretty high-end community, Lord. And my husband has life parole, and I'm a 46-time felon. So to rent a house here is going to have to be supernatural in a big neighborhood. It's got to be a big enough house to hold some people but God did it. And we opened this house in January. But um, in February, I got a phone call from Teresa. And the way I know Teresa is seven years ago, I was preaching in the same prison I was in. I got lots of stories and I could stand here all day about telling you the supernatural things God has done. I got set free. One of the things I didn't tell you two doors down from death row is where I was at in my um, segregation. So I love to go back to that unit. I'm the pastor over Florida State Death Row Women. And so one of the days I was there preaching for Death Row, I went over to uh, the main unit and uh, was sharing um, about God's resurrection power. And when I finished, I started talking about our ministry in Florida. And there was a little girl and she was going, take me, 
take me. Can I want to come to your house? Her name was Belinda, and I went and talked to her, and she had just got out of solitary confinement. She had just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and um, she had a desire to go to school and get her GED. She had a first-grade education. She had been raised homeless with no electricity and running water, and um, their, her parents had been on drugs, and, and she shared some of her testimony, and I said, you know what? Nothing's too hard for God. Girl, you just, you go back to school, you get that GED, and when you get out in a year, I'm going to be here to pick you up, and I'm going to take you home with me, and I'm going to teach you what it means to be a powerful woman of God. I'm going to help you continue what Holy Spirit is doing here, and he's going to continue to do it at our house. And I picked her up a year later, and I brought her home with me, and God did radical things in her life, and we prayed for her family. Y'all, it's all about the family being healed as a whole. Not just one girl, but her kids, her parents, her brothers and sisters. We want everybody to be free indeed. There's generational curses breaking off of the family tree, you know what I mean, and, and walking in that true identity. And we began to pray and um, seek the Lord for her family. And uh, her dad was still homeless and her, her sister was strung out on heroin and they had lost a, a sister uh, due to an overdose. And um, she had an aunt that was an extreme atheist, real, um, you know, and we just kept pounding heaven for them, you know, believing God for them. And about a year after she had been in our program, uh, we were going to a conference in Georgia and she said, hey, do you think that I can invite my dad and my sister to come here? And I'm like, Absolutely. So we invited her dad and her sister to come and went and bought her dad a new tent so he could have a place to live in the in the um, woods. And she got to go off with her dad and her sister. And we went to a friend of mine's church. And, man, you could just feel the presence of God in that place. And I looked back there, and her sister and her dad were standing back there. And I, I got popped by the Holy Ghost. I was like, "Woo, you're going to do something good today, Jesus. And we started praying, and all of a sudden, her daddy and her sister came flying to the altar, laid out in the front of the altar with Belinda in between them, with her arm around both of them, and just watched the power of God hit them. Just watched it happen. Oh, there it is again, resurrection power. There it is again. Her sister had come to church, and um, we didn't know it, <laughs> but I got a, a word from God for her and went over to her, and I said, Teresa, um, I said, the Lord says that you're pregnant with a boy, and his name is supposed to be Samuel. And I was like, oh, God, please let it be done. <laughs> And um, that's where I got to meet Teresa, and I got to meet her dad. And um, I'm going to let um, let Teresa share a little bit of her story, her testimony. Hello, I'm Teresa. Um, so I've been doing drugs since I was nine years old, and I had my first son when I was 14. Um, when I was 28, my fiancé, my son, my, that son, he was 14 at the time, he passed away. And my fiance, and then my middle sister, and my middle sister passed away from a drug overdose. Um, so when I met Pastor Don, I was I was the one sister strung out on heroin, living in the woods, and um, the Lord set me free that day. That encounter within one month, I detoxed myself off of heroin. I had a my beautiful son named Samuel. He's four right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, within two and a half years, my father passed away, and I relapsed. Um, I didn't have, I didn't know what to do with the pain that I was feeling inside. And so I reached, I called out to God and told him that I was ready to, to quit living that life and to surrender to him. So then I called my sister, and Pastor Don called me and said, are you ready to come home? And that was in February, and I've been here, and the Lord has just totally come in and um, been working on my heart and transforming my mind. Because, you know, your mind is the hardest part, especially, you know, with the unforgiveness of all the things that you've done in your life and all the things that you haven't done. And he's just totally transformed all that. My son is currently in, with our pastors in Florida, and he is going through inner healing. I'm here, you know, building a foundation and since I've been here, the Lord has just really showed me that I'm the, his bride and that all that pain that I had, he's turned it into joy. 
I'm just so excited about our next season with our ministry and then my and the we're being restored with my son. It is such an honor to be able to tell y'all a little bit of my testimony. My name's Alina, and I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. My childhood was dysfunctional, which led me to my addiction at the age of 11. I spiraled out of control for the past 13 years, doing every drug I could get my hands on, which led to a really bad meth and heroin addiction. January of this year, I met, the Lord led me to a lady by the name of Rachel. And she came to my home, and she told me, you know, sometimes you don't have to say anything, just listen. So she shared her testimony with me, and the love of God just crashed in and broke down every wall that held, it was beautiful. I felt him say, I love you, you're mine. And um, that one encounter changed my life. As of uh, January 4th of this year, I've been with Radical Restorations, and my life will never be the same. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kelly Cusamano. I am from Birmingham, Alabama as well. And so don't you just love it when God comes in and wrecks your plans? Because <laughs> I had some great things that I wanted to say this morning, but as we were worshiping, God spoke very clearly. And he said, Kelly, you have been given authority over addiction. That has no place in your life anymore. And there's one other thing, cancer. Cancer is something that the enemy has tried to come in and destroy not only me with, but my family. Um, over these past several years, we've had several cancer diagnoses within my family. And that led me to seek out doing pills to numb my emotional pain. But as we were worshiping this morning, he spoke very clearly to me. And he said, I want you to speak over this congregation and let them know that cancer has no place in this house. And every person that walks through those doors will be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. <laughs> So that's three of our, we have eight beds in our home that we have right now. That's three of the stories in our home. What we're doing right now, we're in a process. Um, our lease is up in December and uh, we have no more room and we have ladies that are trying to get their kids back. And so our vision for this next season for our ministry is to have a bigger home. We found a six-bedroom, four-bath home that has a, some unfinished apartments that we could put women with children in. And that's what we're doing. We are praying for that. We want to continue not just to have the ladies, but to integrate their children, help the children to get healed from the trauma that they've experienced, as well as the mothers with the trauma they've experienced. Because y'all know this is generational. I shared with you that we have parents that were addicted that led to parents that were addicted that led to, and let me tell y'all something. We believe in resurrection power and we're after it. We want to take the parents, the moms, the children, the grandchildren. We want the family healed as a whole. It's a generational legacy. Jesus loves generational legacy. He is about the family. And so we're growing. We're growing to be able to try to have places that we can have these mothers to get their children back, even to have their parents come for inner healing so that we can get the whole family healed as a whole. It's our heart. My children experience so much trauma from my addiction. And I have made sure that my children are going through inner healing as well as me going through inner healing and learning how to love each other on purpose in spite of the mistakes we've had in the past. To humble myself and tell my children, yes, that is who I was. But I am not that girl anymore. And to bear fruit in my life so that my children can not only see who Jesus was in my life, but have a desire to have Jesus in theirs. To have a desire to teach their children about Jesus. My daughter called me yesterday, and I, I don't know why I'm supposed to share this miracle, but my daughter called me yesterday, and she you've got to know, she watched me with a needle in my arm for 26 years. For her whole life, I was addicted to drugs as a child. 
And she called me yesterday on FaceTime and she said, look, I bought you a shirt and it says Jesus everything. And when I hung up that phone, I started crying. I'm like, thank you, God, that you, God, through your resurrection power, through the anointing of your power, have changed the way that my youngest daughter perceives me, not as some homeless prostitute eating out of dumpsters, but she sees me that Jesus is everything in my life. And she's now teaching her son that Jesus is everything in his life. I just want to encourage anybody here today that if what I've spoken about resurrection power, that his resurrection is your resurrection too. Are there things in your life holding you back? Are there things in your life that you once believed for that the enemy has come in with a counterfeit to make you not believe it? Are there people in your family that are addicted that you may feel like you need to give up on? Or that you're just tired of watching them go around the same circle? If so, I have a book and it's called Radical Restoration. And if you have people in your life that are addicted or incarcerated, I would like to sew it into you for them. Because this goes in depth, it's real and it's raw about where I went, living in trap houses, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it felt like, the experiences of overdosing and waking up in ditches, the experiences that I experienced there and what God has done now. How I walked through that transformation, how I walked through the word of God, how he showed me what it means to be a woman of God, to walk in a spirit of excellence. I'm so far from where I need to be, but I know that I am full of the one that can get me there. And we just want to invite you today, if there's things in your life that are, that are holding you back or things that you know that you need that resurrection power, that you need to stand on that scripture, his resurrection is my resurrection too. If you need to be reminded that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you, whatever that is that you may be struggling with today, we want to pray for you. I just pray right now a release of fresh resurrection power over this congregation. If it's sickness, if it's people struggling through sickness, I just pray that over your life. I pray that over this congregation. Fresh resurrection power. Remind me, Holy Spirit, of who you are in my life. That I can walk in that resurrection power every day in every way, everywhere that I go. God, that I can be contagious to a lost and a dying and a broken world out there. That the kingdom on the inside of me is for the kingdom around me. Whatever your rebellious nation should be, whether you work with the elderly, you work with those in addiction, whether you work with children, we need that kingdom on the inside of us for the kingdom around us whatever that is and if you felt tired and you felt worn down I just want to encourage you today let this message just let the Holy Spirit blow on the embers of your heart to set fresh fire for where you go when you leave this the mission field is outside these doors There is a mission field for whatever God has called you to, whatever your gifts, whatever your anointing is. I want to encourage you today that not one person leave here the same way that you came in. I want him to raise up a fight on the inside of you that when you walk out these doors, you can't wait to share the love of Jesus Christ everywhere that you go. I challenge you standing in line at Walmart to pray and ask God to give you a word for the lady that's standing in front of you, the single mom with three kids praying to have money for Christmas. Go pay off some layaway for some single moms with kids. Go give back to the places that people don't expect it. Get in line at Chick-fil-A and pay for the next three cars back. Go undercover for the Holy Ghost. I dare you. Go undercover. Go low and glow. Let people see you when you walk in a room and wonder what it is that's shiny about you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Let his love just permeate through every part of your being today. In Jesus' name. Woo! Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
I don't know about you, but that woman is on fire. I am, I kid you not. <laughs> I am challenged and inspired. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Dawn, thank you so much for letting God use you. Hallelujah. In a tremendously powerful way you have ministered today. Ladies, thank you so much for letting God use you through your testimonies. You are a treasure and a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And before we close, I just want you to really, to really rise to that call, rise to that challenge that she issued to you. You know, there is so much darkness. There is so much despair out in the communities. There's so much. You know what? But the kingdom is to be forcefully advancing, violently taking it by force, kicking down the gates of the enemy, right? And I tell you what, we need some dawns. We need some dawns. We need some male and female dawns, you know, out there kicking down the doors and bringing in kingdom life. In restoration. I love what she talked about. Paying, just randomly paying stuff, uh, the third car down in the driveway, going to Walmart, just the different places that we're at, the nooks and the crannies, the places that don't expect God to show up and, 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 and to bless them. The places that don't feel that God values them or even sees them. And you can come in and change their life, just letting them know God sent me your way because he loves you. And that, 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 that one word of life can just transform a person's perspective, transform their heart, transform their life, and set them on a path to radical restoration. Amen? Amen. Um, I just want to make everyone aware that we have a, a, an offering box out there in the foyer for radical restoration. We want to tremendously bless them. They are doing, uh, uh, Ron and Don. God bless you guys. You know, you're on the front lines, and you are you are making a difference in people's lives um, in a way that not everybody can. <laughs> you know, you have a grace on you, you have a calling and an anointing on you, and you have you have taken it and you've run with it. Amen. And so 